Beast one. Hello, welcome to this live. I'm just gonna wait a few minutes until more people join live. Thank you so much. Uh, for the ones of you who don't feel very comfortable with English or would prefer Spanish, I will do a Spanish version of the same event um, later today. I do understand that it's really, really important to do this um, in today's English. It would have been uh, like in person, but you know, a lot of um, events are being done um, online. Actually, a lot of events um, are being done online due to coronavirus here in, in Sweden often. The 1st of May is a huge, huge, huge um, uh, demonstration. And it was canceled, of course, due to corona. And I want to thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for coming. I really, really think it's really important to emphasize and to decolonize as much as we can. Um, sometimes um, I feel that to take position of intersectionality, especially intersectional, the colonial perspective, it's very exhausting. Sometimes it feels like if <laughs> injustice and colonialism is a huge, 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 huge ocean full of poison, and then the ones who seek the colonial justice are just tiny people with tiny, tiny teaspoons with a hole in it trying to empty that ocean. And it's it's exhausting. I am human and I understand it's really exhausting, but one can't give up. You know what I mean? We have no other choice is to keep going or to perish and that's really really the key of it and i appreciate that you're joining me today and thank you so much just gonna wait five more minutes i know this life has like a 30 second delay. I was testing it earlier today. So a few weeks. So I'm not, I was feeling, I wasn't thinking about, I don't know. I, I get a message that says that the ongoing live streaming there is not turning up. I'm going to share it also on the. Um, I will do that. I'm sharing it in the event. 
and I'm gonna share it everywhere right now. Thank you so much to give time to people to show up. Welcome so much for coming. Thank you so much for joining me in this live event. I was hoping it to be more like traumatic and more interactive. But thank you so much for joining me in this live. And I'm going to try to make it as interactive as possible. Please feel free to leave uh, comments, messages, questions in the comment section. Thank you so much once again for the support. So today I wanted to do this because I understand the state needs to be decolonized. Something I wanted to do, which I couldn't manage to do it, and I apologize, was I wanted to do like half of the screen showing things and the other half just me talking. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share links of the sources I'm using to talk in this um, small decolonized online protest in the comment section. Everything I talk and I share, it comes from a place of passion. It comes from a place that is something very personal to me, but it also comes from a place of trying to be as truthful and trying to be as honest as possible. Uh, I want to say a huge disclaimer. I'm not at all disregarding the struggles of the white working class. I understand that intersectionality is understanding that we are all being fucked and we are all being oppressed, but there's differences. There is layers. There is uh, specific things that happen to specific communities. And this is why it's very important to not only have an intersectional perspective, but we discuss problems like this, especially in the workers' movements, but also when we talk about the struggles and the relationships between race, class, and place of origin. And this is the reason why it's very, very important to decolonize this date, to decolonize the workers' movement. Of course, the working class, I understand all that, okay? So I'm not disregarding, I'm just taking a small space in today's date to talk about our communities and how we feel and how those communities feel or how I think they feel. And one of the things we see and one of the things I personally see, well, first of all, I just want to say that I live in Sweden and I have had the privilege, I'm a very privileged person, I've never denied my privilege, even though I'm a black person and I'm an immigrant and I've lived in different places. And something that I've noticed about um, understanding the white, the idea of the working class, especially in the land of the colonizer, is that the ideal working class person is white, cis, heterosexual. That's the ideal. Those are the ideals that matter. Those are the issues that we should work on and that we should work and understand. And when it's true that, of course, there is Black people who are rich and Black people who are middle class, but that in the same way that being middle class does not have the same value, also for people of uh, 
immigrant or, or people of color, being oppressed by the system is not the same as maybe the oppression that a working class, a white working class person gets in Europe. And one of the key things is that the way that in general communities of color gets dehumanized. And another thing is that whiteness in this post-colonial world is a currency. It's not only something that you don't choose to born with, but it's also a currency. In history, when we talk about the former colonies, we always have the romanticized idea of the European working class who went to the colonies to run away from an oppressive um, inequality in Europe. We see that and it's a common story, but actually when they go back to the colonies, they realize that, sorry, when that uh, working class person traveled to the colonies, they realized that, oh, here my whiteness is a currency. Here my whiteness has a value. Here my whiteness helps me to access things. For example, and this is one of my favorite books, actually. I haven't finished reading it. It's The Black Jacobins, written by C.L.R. James. It's amazing. If you can read it, you have to read it. And in this book, it's a detailed uh, recount, not only about the history of the Haitian uh, Revolution, but also about the colonial history of the Caribbean, especially the island where I come from, uh, Dominican Republic and Haiti. And it clearly explains how those same white working class people who didn't have um, rights in Europe would use that whiteness as a currency to have access. A bar, a white barber in the island was not the same as a white barber in England or in France. They bought slaves. They have access to privilege. They have access to buying property that black people who were free didn't have access to. And this thing adds up to the fantasy of that the the white working class needs to be decolonized because sometimes they use the excuse of being unemployed to hire racist candidates when at the end of the day we're all going to be oppressed by the same people. Now, now I don't want to just end up just talking about the history of all this. Does This is not the end goal of this. And once again, thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for listening to me. And don't forget to leave a comment. Don't forget to, um, if you have any questions in the comment sections, if you disagree with something that I'm saying, please let me know. And I am very, very open to other people's opinions. Uh, the only part where I draw the line is that I think people's rights shouldn't be a subject for debate. And going back, going forward to nowadays, Colonialism is the cause of a lot of the mass migration we see in the world. Imperialism is the cause of refugees and colonialism is the cause of um, migration. And something we see is that in, in countries in Europe, you have uh, a working class that, a white working class that has access to to certain things, but also you have a sub, uh, this is my personal opinion, a sub working class that has to rely on 
lower low paying jobs or because of different reasons. So there's two key things that are happening, which is, first of all, most people that you see working in gig economy in Europe are immigrants, regardless of their educational background. And a lot of those gig jobs don't, are not unionized. They don't have access to paid sick leaves. They don't have access to a lot of rights. And that is something that a lot of people don't understand. And in this context also, it's really, really sad how not only immigration is something that is rejected, not only by a racist structure, but it's also something that is instrumentalized, meaning that immigrants are used as instruments. The same countries that rejected farmers, that rejected immigrant workers, now they demand to have immigrant workers. In the US, undocumented farm workers now are essential during the pandemic, but they want to keep those workers undocumented because documents in this system is a weapon against working class people of immigrant origin. It's a weapon because those people who work very, very hard, it's a way to keep them from accessing certain rights, for, from keeping them to have access to certain services, to certain uh, help. The same country, this, I'm talking about the US example, the same country that added harsh laws against immigrants so they wouldn't have access to social services, to, to social help, to food stamps, for example, is the one that are now, we want undocumented workers. They choose, they, they also they instrumentalize because don't you think they know like there are like farm workers who are undocumented? They break into the factories and farms where there are undocumented immigrants just to push an agenda. But at the end of the day, the person who brings them and exploit them don't get, they get in trouble. How come we need immigrants if there is an unemployment rate? How come? It's because they get paid less. They get paid less. And until we don't understand that there is, there will not be real social justice for all. So anti-colonial justice is social justice. As simple as that. And it's the same situation in Spain. In Spain, the far right is gaining momentum. But now the same Spain, the same system, the same structure that was kicking immigrants out, that was saying, oh, we need to curve migration. Now they are doing their best to get not only immigrants from 
East Europe, especially people from Roma origin, but also undocumented immigrants from African countries to work for pennies, and who, by the way, live in very, very, very critical conditions. I wanted to show a video that um, there's this um, work like activist. Um, he's from Senegal, but he lives in Spain, where he talks about that situation and he shows videos, but I'm gonna share it on my Facebook page so you guys can see it. It's, it's not even, they're not even made out of wood, the huts where they live, they're made out of plastic. How can the working class be, we are the white working class, people of color are not part of the working class. You can be an immigrant, but you can also be part of the working class. You can also have the struggles of the working class which get maximized because of where you unfortunately, quote unquote, happen to come from or where your parents come from. And on top of all this, all this situation, another example is the United Kingdom, the same United Kingdom who left the European Union, the same United Kingdom who has had extremely harsh anti-migration policies, the same United Kingdom who deported, who let immigrants die because they didn't qualify for healthcare, the same United Kingdom who deported a lot of people who were in the United Kingdom during the Windrush generation, which I'm gonna to explain to you later, they decide to, oh, now we need you because no, no one wants to, to work in the farms because no one wants to work for pennies because we know we create an ex a system that exploits the most vulnerable because they have no other choice and we push them to not have another choice. This is how we get, we are not people, we are things in the hands of the colonizer. We are things in the hands of the system. And how can we talk about working class justice without decolonial justice? Let's talk about the Windrush generation. The Windrush generation was very much uh, a group of, a huge group, a huge wave of people who came from the British Caribbean colonies who moved to the, U to the United Kingdom to help build the United Kingdom after World War II. When I say people instead of immigrants is because almost all of those Caribbean people who moved to the United Kingdom were from countries who by the time were British colonies meaning that their passports had, quote unquote, the same validity for, for the purpose of traveling back and forth as a, as a British passport. They move as, quote unquote, documented immigrants. And when they move to the United Kingdom, they, they, they work very, very hard, but they had below working class, below white working class living conditions because they suffer a lot of discrimination, especially housing discrimination. 
and so on. But they build, they help build the United Kingdom after World War II. If stealing gold and stealing our wealth wasn't enough, well, us, I mean, my country was colonized by Spain, but that's another story. And the, the, the horrible things they endure after decades of living in the United Kingdom of being, we don't need you anymore. We're gonna kick you out of the country. But now we need you. We need you to come because we need you to pick up our crops. We need you to clean our houses. I think a lot of people is afraid of talking about immigration because an honest discussion about migration implies that we take the power that papers have over immigrants, that gate that exists to help them have access to rights and to be treated with the dignity they deserve. And there can't be real and honest working class justice without the colonial justice. A simple document can define the value of a person's life. A simple person, a simple document, sorry, can determine whether a person is entitled to be treated with dignity or not. And I know it's scary to have that challenge, but it's something that needs to be addressed and it needs to be challenged. Migration is a consequence of colonialism in a lot of instances. Refugees are a consequence of imperialism in a lot of cases. And there can't be real working class justice without the colonial justice. I'm sorry I'm repeating that over and over again, but it's really, really important. And that's the key point of this live event. That's the key point. Another thing that people don't talk about is how, for example, the situation of home care assistance in the colonizers country, I'm going to say it, who are mostly immigrants and how because of the situation of a lot of healthcare services are not only privatized, but they're outsourced. So you are in this constant cycle of like gig economy, temporary contracts. And I feel that, at least here in Sweden, I feel that's not something that is openly addressed from a perspective of why are this situation affecting immigrants and why the situation are affecting foreign origin or black people. And it's because, I mean, power is something very, very appealing and privilege is something very, very 
appealing and, 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 and bittersweet, but it's, it's sweet for the one who can access it and bitter for the person whose work and, 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 and labor and, 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 and sweat provides that privilege to the privileged person. And understanding that it's like, it, it's, it, it's, it creates a, a new so, so, uh, group of people, you know, and it's not, and it's not like that immigrants are not part of the working class, is that immigrants are treated as society as a group that is below the white working class. And it needs to be included, but how can we and our needs be included by listening to us, by 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 understanding us and by giving us space? I don't need anyone to advocate for me, but I, we need to be listened. And another situation that happens with us, with a lot of people of color, is that that inequality, it's lethal. How come in the world, this is a trend that is happening not only here in Sweden, it's happening in the United Kingdom, it's happening in the US, that the majority of people who are dying of coronavirus are people of color, especially in the United States, especially are black people, especially in New York, are people of Dominican origin. And a simple analysis of this would be, well, they have jobs that most of the people can't take time off from. They have jobs that they can't afford to work from home. But why is that? If the prototype of the white, of the working class is white working class, how come the people who suffer the most when there is a crisis and in the middle of this pandemic is people of color. How come is that? Because of racism, because of racist structures and they need to be addressed. Maybe by number size, the majority of people who are working class are white. In a lot of places, that's not the case anymore. In a lot of places, when you go to certain jobs, you clearly see the majority are people of color. In some places, even like street vendors are only people of color. So, this is why we need to decolonize today's state and we need to make it intersectional. Just by including certain groups issues doesn't mean that you're, oh, we're just taking time and space for the real issue. No, these are real issues. In the United Kingdom, black people are point five times more likely to die of coronavirus than a white person. And in, within that group, black Caribbeans, 
people from a black Caribbean background were 1.7 times higher than for white Britons dying of coronavirus. Here in Sweden, the majority of the population who have died of coronavirus has been Somal people of Somali origin or Somalians, people of Assyrian origin. So why is that happening? Why? Of course we know what, why is that happening. It's a rhetoric question. We know, you guys know, I know, you know why is that happening. Racism and discrimination in the, in the structures of society, in housing, in employment, even in the healthcare sector. That's why. And we need you and we need to come together. But for us to come together and for us to truly celebrate this date and feel included, we need to have our particular needs and our particular problems included in the discussion. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope you like it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I want to apologize for taking so long to upload a new episode. It's been really hard for me. Um, this coronavirus situation, it makes me very nervous. I try not to read the news, but when I read the news, I feel more nervous. But when I read the news, I feel like I'm missing out. And it's really, really hard. And I'm trying to be more productive, but then I see things that say, don't put pressure on you on, uh, on being productive. Try to take care of yourself. And I don't know how many times I've taken baths. I've had like at least 20 uh, lavender <laughs> bath bombs. I'm really doing my best. We're all doing our best. And I always try to include something positive. And something positive I want to say today is that at least we're having these discussions. And let's take as much space as we can. Let's make our white friends uncomfortable. Let's be that annoying person who said, you know, why don't we talk about these things? Let's be petty, let's be resilient. And, and, and I just wanna thank you so much for joining me in this special 1st of May manifestation where we're decolonizing this day, we, we, where we're taking space in this day and we are forcing others to listen to our stories. And, and, and thank you so much for joining me. Please don't forget to, to follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, I'm also on YouTube. I will upload this video on YouTube and I will also upload the audio of this special live event on um, Spotify and all of my podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I will do a live version in 15 minutes. I will do a Spanish live version in 15 minutes. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm really nervous. And, and I know I get very passionate when I talk about these things. And thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate when people listen because I, I, I value people's times. And, and don't forget that we need to decolonize this date. We need to decolonize this date. And 
I hope that by next year we will do uh, an event or something outside and, you know, that is not online as we're doing today due to coronavirus. Please be safe. Please take care of yourself the best you can. And we have to be resilient, not only for ourselves, but for others. And uh, just remember that the colonial justice is social justice. And we cannot talk about working class rights without talking about immigrant rights, without talking about refugees' rights, without talking about the colonial justice and without intersectionality. We need to keep moving forward and always push an intersectional discussion in this. Thank you so much for coming and to I invite you to speak Spanish to join me to the Spanish version. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. I'm going to finish the live now. Thank you so much.